The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Let me tell you what, he deserves a shot at the United States I'm the champion. I ought to know. You know, I've, I've been sizing up guys since I came to WCW. And I think the one guy that stands out the most, the guy that I think has earned the title shot, L. Dandy, I think you're a heck of a wrestler. You're a great technician in the ring. And you're a jam-up guy. Whoa. I don't see any reason. Wait a minute. L. Dandy has been wrestling in, in, in the cruiserweight division here. Please. He's a great wrestler. He's a great wrestler, but thank goodness sakes, with 50 pounds. Who are you to, to, to doubt L. Dandy? Because this guy's a serious professional. Well, let's talk about some serious professionals. How about hypnosis? Let's get thrown. Psychosis? Psychosis? Whatever, whatever. He's a great wrestler, you know. Hello, and welcome to episode 298 of the WrestleCast. I'm your host, Don DeLorente, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Mo to the underscore Reese. What's going on, Mo? Um, I'm here. Um, this weekend was kind of interesting with the wrestling, but... Um, the graps. Yes. The graps. The, gra- the grappling and everything else that happened. So, we'll talk. That other voice you heard is our other co-host here for the WrestleCast episodes, none other than Charlotte Flair's number one stand, Mr. Charlotte Shogun. What's going on, Sean? (laughs) Yeah, man, shout out to the queen for that Corella outfit. That was was so nice, even though the puppies was trying to escape on Raw. You know, we might might touch on that uh, in a little creep cast moment when we get to Raw. Uh, But, you know, as always, happy to be back. Can't wait to dive in, man. All right. This is the WrestleCast. We are a part of the CSPN. You can find us on the web at CSPN.us. You can also subscribe through iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio. All you have to do is search for the WrestleCast, dash the CSPN, subscribe to the logo with the new day holding the WrestleCast sign, and the RawCast, and SmackDown Matters, NXT Cast, and a WrestleCast, and Cast a Strong Style will show up in your queue each and every week. So as we do always at this time, Mr. Mo to the underscore Reese, it's time for your Mo Meltzer report. Ah, Mo Meltzer report. A lot of things happen in the world of pro res. Um, first of all, first and first and foremost, rest in peace to New Jack, um, ECW original. If you don't know. You might want to go on the YouTubes or the Daily Motions and just put a new jack and get a bang, literally. Literally. <laughs> figuratively. Figuratively and literally out of um, your wrestling life because as Paul Heyman so, so said on Talk to Smack over the weekend, he was the most non-PG um, character of rest in wrestling history, so we can't even use none of his clips. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He, he said. He said. Normally, he said WWE. We you know run show some. Um, we show some footage and things like that. He said we can't do none of that with New Jack. I was like, no, you cannot. You can't. Don't go remember, on the peacock. Looking for New Jack. Yeah, right. You might even just see him like just uh, just a good a, a, a menacing stare from him on Peacock, and that's it. <laughs> Even they might they might put a um a PG thirteen warning up there, but um my first um I first heard of New Jack. I mean I've heard of him, but the first time I really saw something of his was the whole mass transit incident, and 
that really made me like aware of who he was as um as a wrestler and he didn't take no shit from nobody. <laughs> if you don't know the mass transit incident, um it was a uh I think the, I don't know if the, the the kid lied about his age yep, or he lied about his age. Yeah. Out about his age, and he wanted to be on the ECW show. So, New Jack did what New Jack did. He, he um, beat the brakes off that motherfucker. So, Master Transit teamed up with Devon Devon Dudley, and for I remember the match, Devon Dudley was kept outside. He every time he tried to enter the ring, he would get knocked back outside the ring, and New Jack went to town on the Mass Transit, and. Yeah, asshole. The appetite, as Jim Cornette would say. I mean, he beat that man from pillar to post, and that was all she wrote. And they almost killed. Was it? I think it was ECW's first pay per view. They almost got that got the plug pulled on that, but somehow it didn't. Shit, almost killed that boy. Yeah, almost. But hey. Well, I mean, yeah, I think but... a lot of people got the gist of what New Day was all about um, when they saw the Dark Side of the Ring episode from last year, last yeah. season. And and for those who didn't know, it was like, oh, he tossed a man off a scaffold? Yes, he did. <laughs> like, and didn't care if the man got hurt or not oh this dude is different mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it's, 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 it's different for, in the professional wrestling and so, um who I don't know who it was that said they was in the ecw locker room with him and they said the locker room was very very different was very it was like is it very very different very lively or colorful something like that when new jack was in there and um just like you said, Dawn, or um, or SmackDown Matters, when you said they played the Natural Born Killers and played it on a loop, <laughs> and that and that song kept playing throughout the match. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Yo, they really playing that song throughout the match." <laughs> My lasting thought of New Jack would probably be the match he had against Mustafa when the gangsters broke up in ECW. Oh, yeah. And he does the the balcony jump, and he does the run in the air, mm-hmm. and then he crashes through Mustafa from God knows what fifteen twenty feet or whatever it was, and they and the uh, I forgot what ECW security guys were called, but the big ass white dudes in the all black literally had to pick him and Mustafa up and drag them through the crowd back into the ring so New Jack could pin Mustafa and win the match. <laughs> It's like this dude is nuts. Nuts. <laughs> but the one the one promo that a lot of people was replaying over the weekend was the um Smoky Mountain promo. <laughs> yeah, that was the first time that was the first time I saw him. Um, you know, that was uh back in the more of the tape trading days. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I saw that off of a friend's tape and didn't see him again until ecw uh but it, it always stuck to me like we can talk about all the the matches the violence and all the other stuff but man it was it wasn't nothing like a new jack promo like when i think about new jack i'm just thinking about promos and mm-hmm. some of my funnest times as a wrestling fan 
growing up is just listening to him talk, man, and all the outlandish shit that he was. I mean, dude, you would think this shit was real life, the cash shit that he talked about people, man. Like, it was just giving me so much life, man. Um, so well, I always the, remember the beauty of Jack the unscripted promo, man. The you know what I'm saying yeah. when guys could get out there, say, "Hey, who am I talking about? Where are we gonna fight? And how long I got?" And that's all they need. Mm-hmm. They just need to do to hold the microphone and ask a question, and then they got it from there. But that's a lost art. That's such a lost art right now in wrestling. That's the reason why Roman has become must-see TVs because they finally stopped handcuffing him with the promo. Indeed. And he's doing his own, or him and Paul are coming up with their own, and his gold. <laughs> it is gold. It is. Also, I want to say rest in peace to Don Kernodal. Yep, Don Kernodal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he wrestled the NWA. Um, he was with, um, Rocket Tag Team Champion with Sergeant Slaughter. Yep. Yeah. Um, Came up in um, Jim Crockett's NWA, and he was trained by Ole Anderson. Um, uh, Ole and Gene uh, Anderson, rather. A fun fact. Yeah. Don Cronodal and Sergeant Slaughter. They were the tag team champions in the Mid Atlantic Territory. This was 1980, mm-hmm. right. I want to say 1983. They sold out the Greensboro Coliseum against this young upstart team of Ricky Steamboat and uh, mm-hmm. Youngblood. I think it was Mark Young, Jay Youngblood, Jay Youngblood, Jay Youngblood, yeah. Ricky Steamboat. Just so happened, mm-hmm. there's a guy roaming around the Greensboro Coliseum that night named Dusty Rhodes. And they were trying to get Dusty Rhodes to come up and be the booker and starting in 1984 for Jim Crockett Promotions. Well, Dusty Rhodes saw this match, this tag team match, cage match for the title, sell out the Greensboro Coliseum, and you know what he got the idea for? Starcade that night. Wow. Yep. Good shit. Look at that. Yep. But yeah, Darko Noodle was a, a really good wrestler. Uh, if you watch... Um, some of the early, like late seventies, early eighties, uh, mid Atlantic, he was like a jobber, and then Sergeant Slaughter took him under his wing and like made him like his private and whipped him into shape. And they, like I said, they became the tag team champions and had a really good run as tag team champions. And then mm-hmm. uh, Ricky Steamboat and, and uh, Jay Youngblood uh, became the tag team champions because they were like the super, they were like basically the Rock and Roll Express of their time period, basically. Um, but yeah, yeah, Don Carnudo, man, really good, solid wrestler. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh well, let's get into some other stuff. So um I think a couple of weeks ago I mentioned um Andrade challenging Kenny Omega. Yeah. So it's like that that match is gonna be set for Triple Mania. Um mm. for Triple Mania. So, so there we go. Kenny Omega is going to defend the Triple A Championship against Andrade. Kenny Omega going to be one belt lighter. He sure will. After this. <laughs> That's a wrap for that championship ring. Yeah. yeah. I swear, man, he out here trying to do that Ultimo Dragon and come out here with like 12 belts. Yeah. I mean, Don Calais is no Sonny Ono. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, did you see the pictures that uh, Eugene? No, I was posted? I was just about to say that man. They had the side by side of him and Eugene. Yeah, at Nitro and the one from the present <laughs> man that gave me so much life that day, man. Right, right. <laughs> um, let's see what else. Um, speed of AEW. So there's rumors. There was rumors going around that there's infighting between the executive vice presidents. Um. So I guess it's. It, I guess it's supposed to be. What the word going around is that they're. I guess Cody. I guess Cody's mad at Kenny, or they Kenny and. Cody and or is it yeah, he's what did at the elite at those three. And it was something about booking decisions going astray or something like that. And but the young bus kind of trolled everybody and said currently not speaking to each other or something like that. So, um, so it all makes sense, man, because you know, I know they came together um, you know, with Tony Khan to make this whole AEW thing happen, but one of, one of the things that I read is that you know, you know, Kenny and the Young Bucks are friends. Never really saw Cody as their friend. Business associate, yes. yes. And you know, I always wonder how it was gonna work with all of them. That's why I thought it was real messy that everybody has this EVP title. Mm-hmm. You don't need all that shit, especially when. You got different philosophies in play. Like, honestly, you know, uh, you know, I respect Tony Khan and I respect what he's been able to do, but he better get this shit under wraps because, like, this could get real WCW messy really quick. Lucky for them, they have the structure that, you know, AEW, you know, is definitely not in a position where it's going to take them down. But you know he he needs to figure out how to navigate this because there needs to be a clear direction on all fronts. You know I didn't I didn't necessarily agree when I heard that each EVP had their space. You know that Kenny Omega was doing the women. You know Bucks had their speed. You know what I mean? To me that don't make no sense. You know what I mean? You got your head booker, and you know you have, uh, for the lack of a better word, your subordinates working under a same unified direction. You know they see, and their TV comes across in some manner, this some way. Like it looks like you have different philosophies and different directions going on. So not surprised at the news, but this is something that I don't think Tony Khan should take lightly going forward. Here's the deal with it. You have Cody, who is straight up tradition. Cody with Cody and Steve Carino from ECW nineteen ninety-nine would have been like best friends. Yeah, it's all about the tradition, right? Steve Carino, the one dude in ECW who would never bleed until, never. until he was challenging Dusty Rhodes, talking shit about Dusty Rhodes, and Dusty Rhodes was the only one who ever made Steve Carino bleed in ECW. If y'all remember ECW all the way to the end, but oh, yeah. the thing about it is, 
is that is I think what Cody would like to try to rely on is 80s NWA traditional southern wrestling right him and Dustin that's what they want to do then you got the young bucks who want to have all their friends and the cruiserweights and the small kids and the high flyers come around right so you got all those guys in there then you got Kenny who wants the international flavor with the the uh, you know international uh, wrestlers and the men's and women's side and then they was like oh okay so you'll get the women's division because you happen to date one of their women's wrestlers okay mm. so now right. when you've got these three ideals really four trying to come together within the three people of course you're going to have like all this disjointedness because Cody wants to get his shit in young butts want their shit to get in Kenny's got to get his shit in then you got Tony Khan who's got to try to be the arbiter of everything and go that works that doesn't work that doesn't work sorry you know what I'm saying but he's obviously not doing that he's just letting everybody get what they want on and then they're then they're just shucking away what they don't like well, unfortunately, the things that they're shucking away is the thing that will put them over the top, which is their freaking women's division. Yep. They got the women to do it. We talk about it all the time. They have the women to have an awesome women's division. It could be it, it is behind NXT because NXT's had like a seven year head start on how to make their integrate their women into their shows and make them a focal point each and every week. But AEW has the talent roster to go that route and integrate those women into that show and make them a focal point each and every week. But when you don't have the one person or the two people on the same page, you got three or four different people trying to all get their shit in. Unfortunately, the women are the ones who get the bad end of it. And that is unfortunate for that company. And they rehash too much. They they haven't come up with anything that's eight no. except for the stadium stadium. No. Was yeah. that whole last week was WWE moment after WWE moment? Yeah, it was like the whole it was straight up out of the attitude era. Like the week after they did WCW's match. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, come on, people. We we can, like, the biggest mistake. So my biggest turn off last week is that, number one, I hate that they always got something to say about WWE. Like, <laughs> like keep that shit off your TV, man. Like, just, just worry about you. But then you talk shit about WWE, but then you spend damn near a whole episode copying their shit. Right. Like, so which one is it? Make up your mind. Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to be different. You look the same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the reason why I think they should go with what Cody wants to do, which is more traditional yeah. Southern wrestling NWA, because guess what? A lot of people who watch wrestling now have never seen those angles. They've never seen that old NWA stuff. So if you went with some of those old angles, it would be fresh to them. Mm-hmm. You know, so like, okay, when he hit um, the dude with, when Dustin hit the dude in the uh, in the, the QT's faction with the wooden chair, right? Mm-hmm. And he draped it over his head. That's straight Dusty Rose and Big Boss Man. 
yeah. in like 1987. But if you started watching wrestling in 1997, you've never seen that before. Mm-hmm. You know? So that's the type of thing I think they should try to lean on more is go farther back to stuff that people aren't watching or haven't seen or have forgotten about and get your angles from there instead of trying to get stuff straight out of the attitude era. And Mo, before you move on, I hope in one of their cuss out sessions that Cody cussed them out, cussed the Bucks, pronouns, pal, <laughs> for, for putting that damn deer skin on them fucking tag team belts. I'm sure that did happen. Because that shit still pisses me off every time I see them belts. Everybody needs a custom belt, man. Everybody wants to have, you know, their own, their own. You can't have your own skull, skull bones count, um, um, belt. Well, let them wear that shit. I don't want to see, I don't want to see private party. You can't have, you can't have your, spinner, you can't have your spinner belt. Y'all, y'all know who, who came up with the, uh, the, the smoking skull belt, right? Who even gave Steve Austin the, the idea? Hawk. From the Road Warriors. Oh, wow. We didn't know that. Wow, yeah. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Next to the docket. Um, apparently, they're going to build new WWE sets. So, I guess when the fans come back, they're going to have a brand new setup for the commentary, however that's going to be. So, we'll be on the lookout for that bullshit. The new set. Yeah, I'm I'm glad Mo said that. Tag that with bullshit. <laughs> because, like, here's the deal. My reaction when right. I saw the news that they were gonna build new sets for Raw and SmackDown, like whoopty fucking do. Like, <laughs> like I bet you will put more time and energy in creating a new set and figuring out new ways to blind us with LED all over the place than fixing your actual on-camera product, which is kind of more important. Look, you can scale 2021 TV down to 1997 Raw set and the show would still be shit because (laughs) the creative is shit. So, like, you can't put put a bow on shit. It's still shit. Thanks. Oh, here's a couple more things. Um, ECW, EC3 said it has failed WWE rumors because he thinks they probably thought he sucked. But I think he he didn't have – he would have had a proper um, NXT run had um, had it would have just stuck with him lo- a little bit longer. Well, his, like, his yeah. nemesis went out here and got in trouble. That's what really happened. Him and Velveteen Dream had something going. But then Velveteen Dream went out here and got in trouble, and then he actually had something good with Colin Reeves. But Colin Reeves is like he's in MLW now, right? Living his best life? Or no, no, no. He was on AEW. Colin Reeves was. Yeah, he was on AEW. Oh, I know he got cut from WWE because he still has Colin Reeves WWE and his like his um Instagram title. So no, he was I guess. On, he was on AEW. Okay, Cause they had a little, the old, they had a little money gimmick. That the little, I guess, who was richer gimmick when EC three came back that for that brief stint. 
I remember when he had, when he originally had got called up when he his first WWE role he was um Dark Bateman. <laughs> right, exactly. He, they had a, a SmackDown show in Baltimore, and this is when Damian Sandow was um debuting on the main roster as well too. But Damian Sandow was doing that gimmick of he wasn't going to wrestle for the unwashed mat, uh, unwashed masters. And he he just walked out and cut the promo and left. <laughs> and he just stayed in there just looking like, you know, they was all confused that, you know, that was going on. So another person who the WWE just had to get rid of. I'm sorry. Wasn't Derek Bateman, the, was he the one with the milk? He was, was the one. Was, he, was, was he Derek was, or was that Johnny Curtis? I can't remember. Johnny Curtis, of course, is Fandango. Right. But Dirk Bader was playing a, 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 a all American gimmick or something like that. He was that sound so, like milk. <laughs> <laughs> sound just like it. Um, okay, so Ricochet had tweeted about EO say he was a better high flyer than she was, and Dave ripped him for it. And he had a tweet. <laughs> You said people went after him for it. No, they, they ripped him because next thing you know, you, I saw the screenshot and now on Twitter they show you where the tweet has been deleted. So he deleted the tweet. What was oh, the problem with what he said? So yeah, he had a brand new because somebody was, I don't think anybody was mentioning him in the comment. I think he just went out of his way to be like, yeah, Io Shirai is great, but she can't, I can do everything that she can, but she can't do any of the things that I can do. He's like, I can do everything oh, so, she can and maybe a little bit better, but I don't think she can do any of the things that I can do. That's great context. So I was about to defend him until you said that, Don. So if he just <laughs> if he just jumped into something unwarranted, yeah, you deserve to get flanked. I'm just saying, I want to see if Ricochet can jump off of a, a, this top of a set and 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 or top of a um of a um. Yeah. What's, what's it's, called, it's called Lucha Underground okay. the, uh, the final consequences of okay. the match where he did the thing. Did he, did he, did he hit the flip off of the off of the top. Yeah, he ran yeah. and jumped oh, off the ledge and did a and did yeah. the assault. Yeah. Sheesh, that was I'm gonna tell you Ricochet, John Morrison, and Angelico, those are some crazy motherfuckers, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Cause in Lucha like the four years ago version of them. They weren't scared of shit. They probably since they've been in WWE and they're making this contracted money, they probably mm-hmm. a little bit, you know, more cautious with their bodies now. But back then when they was like in the quote unquote indies trying to get the damn way. Yeah, they man, Lucha Underground, they was jumping off of everything, man. Everything. God, I miss Lucha Underground. Did you watch the MLW yet? Or does it that's this week where it starts up with the Aztec Underground or whatever? It was a season finale, so I don't know how long it's going to oh, be. Oh, okay. Oh, they got seasons. Okay. Look at Court Battle, yeah, man. So, he out here trying to do things the smart way. So, um, yeah. So, um, if y'all if y'all been paying attention to um, WrestleMania Backlash, the next pay-per-view for WWE will be Hell in a Cell. Yes. Hell in a Cell was just in October of last year. Yes, it's not a full calendar year until um, un- until that pay per view comes back around. So Vince is definitely trying to get eyes back, 
he's he's preparing for the fans to be back in the building. So, so you think well, they're gonna I'm... start with the pay per view or like only have people see? I think they should do this. Keep the Thunderdome because it allows you to get your TV off with no, you know, crowd inter quote unquote hijacking. You know, your promos are better. You know, more focus is on the people in the rings and less about the crowd and what they're doing. And then just have the people come for your pay per view. That's what I would try to do. That so, I would I would like that, Don. That would be a great way to ease back into this. But you know Vince McMahon going full out. <laughs> like what well, I heard, I don't know what you heard, um, Mo. But what I read is that is they're trying to come back um, for a SmackDown, and then yeah. Money in the Bank being that first big event. So yeah, Smack SmackDown to get a crowd first, but Money in the Bank will be the first pay per view event in front of a crowd. Gotcha. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, they got a the, the, the WrestleMania. The show with all the stars on it deserves the crowd. So I understand that thinking. And of course, you definitely want to have Money in the Bank in front of the in front of the audience because Money in the Bank and the um the WWE built offices. I don't, you know. You wasn't well, you feeling know, that? You wasn't feeling a man getting thrown off talking about somebody going to get thrown off a building? You, and very, oh, no, I was laughing. I, I, was, I laughed. It, it was funny got because how it all played out. How it all played out. But you know I'm just saying? Money to make is best, is best in front of the crowd and everything. And Vince, you know, it, 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 it Vince's office and Vince was looking at them like, you going to put my shit back? <laughs> I don't have a problem with Money in the Bank being uh, moved back. Like, honestly, I, I've thought for years that Money that Money in the Bank should be a big four event. Like, it should Survivor, be. Survivor Series is old, outdated. Like, it it's pointless at this point. Like, well, you, they, they could they, replace If they it. get back to the spirit of what it's supposed to be, then it could be something. Yeah, yeah, but but this whole brand versus brand shit, and you know that that's so tired. The the force matches like if we get back to like you said, Don, then I would say Survivor Series have value. But regardless of it replacing it or staying where it needs to be, it's just like, damn man, I just saw like four or five Hell in the Cell matches, man. Do I need to see six more? Like, uh, just like Jim Ross said, like you, you, you just you hoeing the hell in the cell match. You're hoeing the gimmick. <laughs> Literally, just keep on throwing it. Like more, more is not better. Well, because the first one, you have to base this on like everything, right? The first one is always. Uh, a need for it, right? There was a need for the Hell in the Cell between Shawn Michaels in '97. Right? Yeah, there was a need for it, right? There was a need for the War Games match in the NWA, right? Because the Horsemen and everything, right? But see, now once you start getting into where you turn it into a pay per view, and, and you start having three and four and five of these matches in a year, then it kind of waters down the quote unquote need for it. And that's mm-hmm. the issue that they're running into because now you're going to have to basically make up 
some feuds or you know that are warranted to be hell in the cell when we really haven't had that you know what i'm saying now bailey mm-hmm. versus sasha when they had it it was or was that charlotte charlotte versus sasha when they had it charlotte. that was warranted it was like okay you know what i'm saying they've had all these different matches disqualifications and they've fought all over the buildings and all that stuff and they you know they can't get a clear-cut winner so let's put them in the hell in the cell where you know theoretically the cell will keep them inside and we can get a winner okay it was needed but now we're gonna have drew and bobby and hell in the cell we're tired of seeing it so why give it to us again Mm-hmm. It's, it's not warranted now. This, you know, there's nothing that they have done with each other has warranted them to need a Hell in a Cell match. But you know what? Like, I don't even. The reason why I don't mind NXT having war games the same month each year because I feel like there's enough long term p- storytelling in. NXT that they will get you to that point. Right. But see, they like, start setting up three, war three, games like yeah. two months before three, it's time, yeah. though. Two, three months before it's time. But now, yeah, we, we're just, I think we're rehashing this Seth Rollins Cesaro thing so we can have an excuse to put them in a hell in a cell. Like, and it's just too many of them. It's just like, yo, 1997, Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker. One Hell in a Cell match was okay. Mm-hmm. You know, King of the Ring, Undertaker, Mankind, one match that night was okay. It's like, I remember one year, a couple years ago, we had like five different fucking matches in a Hell in a Cell, man. Yeah, had two solo matches. I had a tag team down match in whoa, whoa, Hell whoa, in a Cell. Hold like, on, hold on, just, hold on. Don't, don't, like, I, don't be discouraging the awesomeness that I'm, was the Usos versus New Day. And Hell I'm, Hell Day. I'm not discouraging that match, but it's like, yo, can we? Can that have just been the one match in the Hell in the Cell that night? I didn't because I, I didn't need any more after that match. I promise you that. <laughs> you know, because what happens? You know, what happens if you stick two people in the Hell in the Cell, and it, either it bombs or it's great, then. That puts some kind of level of expectation or angst for the next one and the next one in that same night. It's like, ugh. and it's so, it's only so much you can do with a PG fucking cell. Right. It's kind of like the, the premise of the lockdown TNA pay-per-view where it's like, okay, after we got to like the fourth match, uh, yeah, can we get something outside of this cage? It's like, uh, and it's already too many damn pay-per-views. You know, this is just another dual branded show. I really wish they would go back to brand specific pay-per-views so they could utilize more talent. But yeah, man, uh, I, I'm i just not looking forward to Hell in a Cell. It's like, yeah. Yeah. So two things. First, going back to Conan Reeves, he's still in NXT. Still in NXT? He's, he has a torn labrium. Oh, too bad for him. And second, y'all sitting here rambling about Hell in a Cell, and in my mind, I'm thinking, why they, why is um they talk about um elimination chamber? I'm thinking about Paul. We can lay off the the rocks tequila. Um, oh, you later. two two weeks in a row. Yes, <laughs> uh, we're gonna get another epic show in the rain again. 
No, I don't think so. I might, <laughs> I might, chill, I might chill with that one. But I was just thinking, I'm sitting thinking like, I'm thinking like, y'all talk hell of a I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, I'm thinking elimination chamber, and I'm just like, my mind's all over the place. So, all right, don't fall, uh, don't fall asleep. Oh no, 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 I'm good. All the other stuff I want to talk about, um, we can save for the um, the pay per view. All right. So this weekend we did have WrestleMania backlash. Thank you to everybody who used the hashtag backlash matters to share their commentary with color with us in the live tweet. Definitely a lot of fun as always. And also in the Twitter spaces, I, I heard there was a Twitter space. I couldn't join it, but if y'all do see move to the underscore restart a Twitter space, uh, go ahead and join it. I heard there was a lot of fun being had over there. Uh, keep it cordial. Keep it, civil and watch what you say because Twitter is recording and listening. So don't go around threatening people. I mean, hey, Sean, Sean got in there, so I don't know how you didn't get in there. <laughs> I don't think, I, I don't know, man. This is something with my Twitter or my phone or something. I might have to um, uninstall Twitter and reinstall it and then re-sign back in to my shit to see if it'll pick it up that way because I check it like every other day to see if I can start a space. No, I can't. I look for the Twitter updates on my phone, update my Twitter, see if I can start the space. No, I can't. I can't join the space. I, I, I got nothing. Well, they never give us the kickoff show matches anymore before we uh, start the night. So we just kind of tune in and see what happens. Well, Sheamus comes out to issue the open challenge because as a United States champion, that's kind of like what you have to do these days. So uh, Umberto Carrillo, he took care of him. Umberto, unfortunately, he's not injured, but he hurt himself on the last open challenge. So he was no, he wasn't a threat. Mr. Main Event himself, though, Ricochet answers the call. Uh, springboard clothesline into the standing shooting star press into the lion salt. Gives Ricochet a two count. Sheamus needs the heck out of him, but Ricochet hits a backstabber into the springboard 450. The 630 misses. Sheamus hits Ricochet with another knee, and he pins Ricochet. And, uh, yeah, that was your kickoff match. So, Ricochet out here. Then ditch the tights and the shorts for some jeans. Um, trying to, I guess, get a harder image, rougher image. Um, but, yeah, he, he took the L here on the kickoff show. But, hey, at least he's not on main event. Yep, he made it. Made it to the show. <laughs> he made it back to the show, but we'll see. Uh, after the match, Sheamus puts on his hat and coat, but Ricochet steals both of them, and then he does an attempt at the James Brown slot. Somebody call his mama. Next <laughs> you Somebody call my mama. They will have him wearing red shoes. Red red shoes, and he'll be dancing around the ring. <laughs> you listen Look. here, fat boy. <laughs> hey, I, I know this is kind of skipping ahead, but shout out to Ricochet for that Ernest the Cat, uh, right? Shout out on Raw. <laughs> I I pop for that because I, I did too. I did too. I goes hard for Ernest the Cat Miller. <laughs> That's my favorite Ernest the Cat. Hey, listen here, fat boy in the front row. Oscar <laughs> uh, versus Charlotte versus Rhea Ripley for the Raw Women's Title kicks off WrestleMania Backlash prof- 
per Charlotte lands big boot to Oscar from the apron that led Oscar right into the riptide from Rhea Ripley who gets the pin and retains the Raw women's title uh, this is where Charlotte Flair broke out the Cruella DeVille gear and everybody was like oh I think it's Cruella DeVille it's like yes it, it is Cruella DeVille um <laughs> Sean um, pointing out that Charlotte always wins, but this time she didn't. So he was like, "Why y'all so mad now?" Man, nobody, everybody was quiet. Man, yeah, you know, all these tweets for like a month. Charlotte gonna win. Ain't no way she lose. But then when she lost, it's like, damn, crickets, 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 crickets. It's like, come on, man, ain't nobody gonna take this L. Charlotte took the L. Y'all can take the L too. I took the L because I damn sure thought Charlotte was gonna win. I picked her for who you got. Miss J to the max did too. Damn it. Set up for her to win. But I'm I'm glad they went with the Rhea thing, tried to establish her as a champion. I really they're trying to just get back to that WrestleMania match again, one on one. And uh that actually might be a hell in the cell. Uh, Miz isn't scared of Damian Priest he says um, but he doesn't know why this is a lumberjack match not to worry though John Morrison is ready to take care of the lumberjacks and make Priest fall into his thirst trap Miz is like I don't think you know what thirst trap means (laughs) oh man Uh, we look at Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler attacking Dominic Mysterio on the kickoff show. Uh, of course, Dominic is in the trainer's room. He can't go, so Rey Mysterio says he'll do this himself. So, Roode and Ziggler versus Rey Mysterio SmackDown tag team title match. Of course, Dom makes his way out of the training, off the training table and into the match. Rey hits a 619 to Bobby Roode and takes out Ziggler with the sunset bomb onto the barricade. Dom hits the frog splash on the Bobby Roode for the pin, and we have new SmackDown Tag Team Champions, Ray and Dominic Mysterio, the first ever father-son duo to hold the honor. Shout out to the Guerrero Mysterio family (laughs) for this wonderful accomplishment. And I will enjoy the time that they keep these belts warm because, you know, the bitches, I mean, the Usos are going to get them eventually. So that was so that was the rumor I was alluding to um, coming. This is like it might be coming true, but someone but again, another another wrestler, one of my wrestling sources said that the Usos aren't in. Um, the conversation for the titles, but you know how they kind of try to throw people off and everything. But oh, yeah, we'll there's see. always like there's a there's a truth nugget of information, and then there's a mistruth nugget of information that usually comes mm-hmm. out right behind it. And you just have to decipher which one is which. Um, John Morrison goes to the lumberjacks conveniently labeled dressing room and finds. A bunch of zombies. Fucking zombies. <laughs> All the zombies coming out, and we like, what the hell is this? I was and confused. Batista, I was like, the boogeyman. And Batista's on the thing talking about, I can't make it, but a couple friend, couple of my friends um, are going to be there instead. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, basically, 
uh, was it Army of the Dead was the title sponsor for the pay-per-view. Uh, Dave Batista gave us the uh, monologue for the cold intro. And uh, yeah, so they, the Vince McMahon was like, uh, throw us another such and such and we'll put your zombies in the, in the, on the show too. And it was like, for real? Okay. Ha ha ha! Get those NXT guys over there not doing shit and put them in some zombie makeup. <laughs> put them around the ring. I like zombies. Oh, look good. Exactly. I'm, I'm sure Vince, Vince was like thinking, you know, we have NXT talent. Um, just just put them in a the match. Yeah, you know put what? You know, Bray, Bray Wyatt's taking a break, so he put his put his smoke around the damn ring. Yeah, <laughs> make, make, make it look good. Uh, Jimmy Uso. Not- wait, 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 uh, wait, uh-huh. wait! Before we go, before we go there, um, let's just so a couple things. Miz, Miz always talked about how he he played it safe when it came to his wrestling, this, that, and the other. He has a torn ACL, and he will be out from seven to nine months. When he tear an ACL? Sunday? Yes, I believe it, it, either when um, I think either Damon Priest came off the top rope one in, in one part of the match, but he tore his ACL and misses out. Well, it's why he wasn't raw, and why John Morrison was like. Um, you know, saying he don't whatever know, you want. Yeah, he don't know how long it's gonna take for him to recover. Yes. Oh well, thanks. Well, good luck in recovery to the Miz. I'm sure having Maurice as your wife will make things a little bit easier to. A whole to lot better. You shouldn't shouldn't complain about nothing. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know if he went through with it, but he was there. Was someone he needed a vasectomy on the season finale of Miz and Misses. Well, I mean, that just means that he can pull the goalie and not have no worries. I mean, was he really pulling the goalie? <laughs> not here I mean, lately. He, not here late. he was pulling the goalie. Lately, but... it's been an empty net because he gave, hurt them two babies quick. Yeah, he did. Um, also, um, Chris Jericho tried to, you know, Roast the WWE. He was saying zombies. They set the wrestling back thirty years because an unnamed WWE official said that the blood and guts match set the um the WWE. I mean wrestling back thirty years or something like that. So just let the pettiness go, guys. I mean everybody knows that that was not what people expect to see when they see a lumberjack match. Everybody understands that hey, they did it for promotional reasons. Okay, you know we've got we've definitely passed the threshold of you know this shit is a hundred percent serious a hundred percent of the time. So you know you just kind of take these things and just roll with the punch. Um, getting back to the pay per view, Jimmy Uso, not knocking or asking, just walked right into Roman Reigns' dressing room, but he finds Jay Uso there. Jimmy thinks the door needs to say Roman Reigns and Jay Uso, or better yet, Jimmy and Jay Uso, the tag team champions. He asks Jay, does he even do Roman's laundry? Jay is ready to fight, but here is Roman to stare down Jimmy. Jimmy wishes him good luck tonight and leaves the locker room. 
Anything y'all want to add? Nothing? I mean, <laughs> he's nobody's bitch. That Jimmy <laughs> I guess that was. But, a, he, guess it, but he, was a but he showed bitched up oh. when Roman Roman came <laughs> up. <laughs> I, was, I, I, said, I guess WWE creative must have saw Sean's tweets and everything, so he said, "You know what? Let's just make this. I'm nobody's bitch, and just and weave that into the um into the storyline." <laughs> <laughs> that nobody's bitch shirt goes hard, though. I, I need it. That. Does I need that? It bro. does. Uh, John Morrison reports his zombie findings to Miz, who seems to think Morrison imagined it. The two leave, and the zombies stagger after them. Uh, commentary uh, with the zombie on one of the screens behind them explains that the zombies are from Batista's Army of the Dead movie. So that leads us to Damian Priest versus the Miz, a lumberjack match. The Miz applies to figure four until they get over to the ropes for the rope break. Both of them, The Miz and Damian Priest, head to the outside to beat up zombies together before diving back inside. John Morrison gets on the apron for a distraction, allowing Miz to hit the running knee for a two count. The zombies pull Morrison behind the barricade and apparently eat him, leaving Priest to hit the lights on The Miz for the pin. Uh, Post-match, the zombies swarm The Miz as Damian Priest leaves the ring. Mainstream media had a problem with this too. Um, somebody from the New York Post wrote and said this was the saddest that the WWE has been in a long time resorting to zombies. Really? They must mm-hmm. not watch. They must not watch Raw. On I was to say, event. where they been the past two months? Where they had a segment <laughs> where grown men threw tomatoes at other grown men. Yeah, I'll take the zombies over there at tomato <laughs> shit. <laughs> at least the zombies were where they were supposed to be on the outside of the ring in the lumberjack role. They weren't you know, it'd be different. It was like, oh, we had a match between two zombies. Then you might be able to say that's the lowest they done stooped. But no. This is not a CW, WWE reboot. <laughs> now that, now that was a line. Shout out to Grace. Um, when those, <laughs> that, that was a line. I popped for that. But nothing else in this match. Glad, I'm, I'm, I'm happy and I'm hope that this is, well, now that The Miz is out, um, Damian Priest definitely has to move on. Uh, but yeah, I'm ready for this feud to be over and for Damian Priest to do something else. And, you know, um, hate that there's an injury that occurred. But man, I just want to take John Morrison seriously. Right. Oh, and man. I don't. It's, it's, he's come, a, I mean, it's been a long time since, you know, Johnny Impact, um, Johnny Mundo. When he was the hottest thing in all of wrestling and looked like he was poised to go anywhere and, you know, turn the uh, turn, turn it up to a different level, came back to the WWE and nah. he's a joke. It's, it's, it hasn't been what anybody thought it was going to be. But maybe now that Miz is out of the picture for such a long time, um, you know, he'll he'll be able to maybe ascend back into a more serious role and into a contender role for a title, secondary title. Uh, As Mo said at the beginning of the show, they give us the announcement about Hell in a Cell being next month on June 20th. Uh, Jay Uso catches up with Jimmy again who thinks that the sign on the door should say Roman Reigns and his bitch. That would be nice. 
So, you know, Jay Uso got the, the, the screw face on when Jimmy walked away because he touching him in his heart with, the, with with all these pleas to try to be like, yo, man, get out hey, his man, shadow. Yo, we we equals. We we see eye to eye with him. We ain't beneath him. You The way you keep rolling, you're going to always be beneath him. Your twin brother keep calling you a bitch, man. They got to hit you in the feels. <laughs> Uh, Bailey versus Bianca Belair SmackDown Women's Title Match. Bailey rakes the eyes to keep uh, keep Belair, uh, to keep Binky down, allowing her to use the hair of Binky for a ripcord. Bailey to belly suplex for a near fall. Bailey loads up for the rose plant with the hair, but Bianca rolls her up and uses the braid to hook the leg, get the pin, and retain the SmackDown Women's Title. Good. Yo, I thoroughly enjoyed this match. Mm-hmm. You know, God, man, they got a lot of time. Um, man, it, it was right up there with the. I might have enjoyed this a little better than the WrestleMania match. And I hate to compare matches like that, but it was just some top notch shit, man. Bailey just continues to deliver. Same with Bianca. Man, just give me more of this. So if they're doing it again at Hell in the Cell, um, I'll be down for it. But this is a great match. This is my favorite match on the card. Yeah, I thought this was a very good match as well. Um, it, Bailey has that quality where, you know, no matter the person's experience level, she can get them to where they need to be to have a great match you know binky still has you know some some rough edges here and there where everything isn't as smooth as it could be or it will be six more months from now but her wrestling bailey at this early part of her main roster career can only help her and get her that experience that's invaluable on you know these big matches and 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 how to set up the big matches and and you know wrestle these big matches as well. Cause everybody ain't built for the limelight, man. Right. MVP suggests that Braun Strowman isn't smart enough to accept the business offer he was given, and tonight he's going to lose as a result. So that brings us to the triple threat. Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley, and Braun Strowman for the Raw. Well, not the Raw. I always call it. I want to call it the Raw title. For the WWE <laughs> title. Excuse me. Strowman backdrops Drew to the floor and tries the Strowman Express, but McIntyre belly-to-belly suplexes him. The Claymore is countered into a powerbomb through the announcer's table. Back in, the running power slam is countered with McIntyre hitting the Claymore. Bobby Lashley returns from being thrown through the LED board to throw McIntyre out of the ring, spear Strowman, pin Strowman, and retain the WWE title. Matt, before we go far further, better than the builds was. It was. Yes. I think Paul Heyman might. I think Paul Heyman might have had something to do with that. Oh, for sure, with the LED board again. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, that had Paul Heyman written all over. Another piece of business. Uh, Braun Strowman was injured in this match, so he may be out for undetermined amount of time. Oh, of so he really does have bad ribs. Yeah, he did look. Yeah, he did look like he was laboring uh, there at the end when they showed him on the ground. 
after the match. You know, I like the fact that, you know, Bobby escaped with the title, you know, snuck back in there, um, became like the 10th wrestler in WWE that uses the spear to you <laughs> to win a match. Um, but this match felt like Braun Strowman versus Drew McIntyre featuring the WWE champion Bobby Lashley. That would be my only nitpick about it. You know, as you said, Don, the match was definitely bit better than the build. Um, but, you know, I don't like to see the actual champion not play a bigger factor than Bobby Lashley actually did in a match like this. It's a very interesting dilemma uh, when they do a triple threat match. What they should really go back and watch is they did a triple threat match in world class. It was it was Terry Gordy. It was Kerry Von Erich. Who was the third guy? But it was it was it was a I know for sure it's a triple threat in like '83, and it wasn't one of these ones where. Oh, we got to eliminate one of the guys so we can have this one-on-one match. And then, you know, somebody else gets eliminated and we have nothing. No, they were like all three of them, like going amongst themselves, trying to get the win instead of like, let's eliminate one person and make it a one-on-one match. No, they were actually having a triple threat match. It's very good. And it's got to be one of the very first triple threat matches on TV uh, for sure. So, yeah, they somebody should go back and watch that match and, and kind of pick apart the structure of that match and try to incorporate that in the future uh, triple threat match. But yeah, this was much better. Like I said, much better than the build. I was I was really entertained with the match. Uh, could care less about all the stuff leading up to it, how we got here. That was rather boring. But the payoff was was really good with these three guys. Uh, you know, big heavyweight match going at it. So he's gonna force these people to get Peacock to watch it. Hey man, they should have already had the peacock, man. They were saying Peacock was running a deal over the weekend offering um this pay-per-view for 99 cents. I didn't see that. I saw it in the They show week. took out my uh five dollars <laughs> on, on Friday. Hey, mine's included with my peacock is included with the cable because I have Xfinity. Because you, you and Miss Didi Janay, y'all are special. Hey, we get it for free. So yeah, and you get to. Does it show up on the like? Is it like a dedicated uh, part on your TV on your cable for it? Yeah, we can do it on demand. Like we can punch it in if you want to do it. Watch it get cable. We can do it then. We can uh, just. Yeah, it probably has a better interface than the actual like website and the app does. It, it shit is trash. Like when when I watch it on off of my computer, you can't click on the box and make the words go away in the time code. So all that shit stays up the whole pay per view. It's like, come on, Peacock. Yeah. Twenty twenty one. Y'all definitely should have a much better interface than this. It's NBC for God's sakes. Y'all got the money. Ain't like y'all start like WWE was in a startup with like you know no direction on how to do this and we just gonna th- figure it out as we go 
considering what it started out as to where it got to, they did a hell of a job with the WWE. They did. They did. It's just that they just didn't understand the grasp of, no, people aren't going to watch this like Netflix events. (laughs) And if they do, every time you get a good show, you always take it off. It only runs for Mm -hmm. one season. Exactly. Legends house. Uh, so that brings us to our main event of WrestleMania Backlash Cesaro versus Roman Reigns Universal title match the pop up uppercut doesn't work as Cesaro's arm gives out because Roman's been working uh, on on his right arm most of the match allowing Roman Reigns to grab the guillotine Cesaro powers out and gets a sharpshooter pulling back with his hands instead of wrapping the arm around the legs because again his arms have been weakened Cesaro switches from the uh, sharpshooter into a crossface in the middle of the ring Roman powers out of the grip and unloads with forearms to the face followed by a Batista bomb for a two count Cesaro flips him over but Reigns is right back with the front face lock into the guillotine that's reversed uh, with something close to a power bomb, and Cesaro slips out only to get pulled back into the guillotine once again. Cesaro tries to power out of the grip, but his weakened right arm doesn't have enough strength to allow him to do it, and he finally passes out, and Roman Reigns retains the universal title. No help needed. Nine. He, he had to prove a point. Man, I tell you, Roman talking cash shit while he beating somebody down is probably my favorite part of that character. Yes. He wasn't even talking directly to Cesaro this time. He was talking to Dan Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, man, that that is, that is just money. You know, go ahead and do your monologue for Hollywood. So you can leave WWE in about two, three years. Because he putting on the show, man. And I appreciate it. But appreciate this match overall, man. Solid match, man. Uh, I actually agree with the with the um with the ending. I'm glad there wasn't any shenanigans. Um didn't I mean, of course, I don't think anybody really believed Cesaro was gonna win. Um but he put shut up, up. A hell, but shut, he put up, up a hell of, what? What? Shut up. Please Shut tell up. me, did you pick him? Shut did up. You, did you pick him? Everybody, everybody has one decision they regret in life. Oh, my God, Mo. didn't so, think you would do that. Instead of going well, six well, for six. Hey, I don't, I don't feel so bad because Don and um, Jay picked um, Charlotte, so they fumbled that pick, too. <laughs> but at least we had... Uh, prior history to go off of to say Charlotte, you just out here trying to be a contrarian picking Cesaro. Okay. <laughs> Jesse Jackson. That was that, that was that Jesse Jackson pick right there. Keep hope alive. Right. Keep hope alive for Cesaro. But this was a, a hell of a um, heavyweight championship match that I, I i really enjoyed this match as well it looked like the ring was smaller when those two were in there together yeah i don't know it's just the, the visual i guess of them being so tall uh made the ring look like it was smaller but yeah i really enjoyed this cesaro definitely proved that this was a long time coming for him to be in a main event and spotlight showcase match of this caliber 
And, uh, you know, he was right there step for step with Roman. Roman had the Thanos glove on, so y'all know what that means. He finally got made. Big match Roman. You know, he don't wear so that shit on finally, SmackDown. So do you think he finally got made? Cesaro? Yeah. It probably, yeah. In a main event status, yeah, he did. Yeah. Uh, after the match, Jay Uso is here to acknowledge Roman Reigns as the tribal chief, the head of the table. He presents him with the lay, and then he jumps on Cesaro, beating him down. That's when Seth Rollins comes out. Him and Roman have a lengthy stare down, and then Seth Rollins goes after Cesaro as well. Seth Rollins stomps him to the floor and hits him with a few chair shots. The bad arm of Cesaro is wrapped around a chair and then sent a chair is wrapped around the bad arm of Cesaro and that chair in the arm is sent into the ring post followed by the stomp and that is how we end Wrestlemania Backlash Jay Uso Uso be so cute with his little pit bull I'm gonna get him I'm gonna get him I'm gonna get him and then he'll jump on somebody like like the cousin already did already did most of the work now here he come I'm gonna get him Earth (laughs) <laughs> I'm gonna get him. I'm gonna get him. But shout out to Seth Rollins, man. He looked like he bought a white suit and let him and Becky's daughter just throw paint on it. That was some serious drip, my man. I appreciate the suit. You can probably buy it for like fifty dollars online on like uh, Wish or some shit he, like that. He he actually took the drip to the suit. Because it looked like oh. somebody took like a couple of cans of paint, opened them a oh, little man. bit, and let them drip out. Yeah, his daughter did that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the 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 two ships passing in the night, though, with him and Roman, good shit. They ain't do it. Yeah, they ain't was... doing it for nothing. Good teasing. Yeah. Good tease. See, Bruce and Paul. I know you don't think a lot about Bruce in a lot of regards when it comes to his booking. But if you can keep Vince away from Bruce, you can get this yes. stuff. That's the point right there. If you can separate Bruce from Vince, then I have faith. Yes. Him and Paul Heyman, they work in magic over there on SmackDown. Just every week. Uh, this is the WrestleCast. You can find us on the web at cspn.us. You can also find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitch Radio, all the usual suspects. So now it's time for us to run through Monday Night Raw. Uh, a group of women, a gaggle, a harem, as some would say, escort Bobby Lashley into the arena where MVP handles the introduction. Uh, after a look back at last night's triple threat match, MVP talks about Braun Strowman having broken ribs and Drew McIntyre not being able to get out of the bed. On top of that, Lashley did all of that with a bad hand. Lashley has insisted on working tonight, so the open challenge is on. Drew McIntyre says he accepts, but MVP says McIntyre cut him off. The challenge was to anyone other than Drew McIntyre and Braun Strowman. So McIntyre knocks Lashley to the floor where MVP has to hold him back. These niggas can't hold me back. These niggas can't hold me back. <laughs> I'm just glad it was nine minutes long. Yes. It wasn't your usual 18 to 20 minute promo. Nine minutes, we got up out of there. So 
That was a win. Okay, well, you bury in the lead. Um, instead of that almighty music, we should have heard that. That Godfather <laughs> intro, because that's the type of caliber of uh, women Bobby Lashley had uh, accompanying him to the ring. Look, I don't want to say none of those young women, but Thickums on the side, girl. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Superhero. Yes, ma'am. I dig all your curves and your crevices and all that stuff. Who said crevices? <laughs> there, was, there was two, but yes, there was one that was a little bit more than the other. Yes. And then the. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I called both of them and I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it went like this. MVP was responsible for the three uh, women of the Latin looking descent, and Bobby Lashley was responsible for the two sisters. <laughs> I believe that. I'm pretty sure that's the way the breakdown went when the scouting took place at whatever Tampa establishment these lovely ladies came from. Still no word on um, who, who who they were, where they came from, where, where they work? Nope. Nope. Okay. We might have to maybe reach out to MVP personally through the Twitter account and be like, hey, bro. Hey, where you found? Where you get them hoes? (laughs) (laughs) AJ Styles versus Elias. What? Uh, Elias jumping knee to the face gets a two count. AJ gets in a few shots and gets sent to the apron where he hits Elias in the head. He tries with a phenomenal forearm, but Jackson Riker pulls him off of the ring apron, and that's a disqualification. So uh, Elias and uh, Riker, they get in some cheap shots on AJ Styles while almost is stalking around the ring, but it's like, you know, he's going after Riker while he's got his back turned. Elias is beating up AJ Styles. Then he turns his attention back to Elias, and Elias is like ran all the way over to the announce table. And so he's trying to help up his little buddy, AJ Styles. Um, I thought Eddie Kingston was stuck in like 1997, 1998 with his attire. So was Amos. <laughs> I mean, had. That man looked like he back in '95. That man had the 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 Figaro on the on the neck and the bracelet. Uh, we look back at Randy Orton getting the pin in a tag match last week, and then laying out the New Day with RKO's after the match. The New Day got Riddle's message. He said by uh, pigeon mail, and <laughs> they said that, and they're here to see the snake. He says, no, it wasn't a hallucination. So they run into Randy Orton, who was told to come here because Adam Pierce wanted to see him. Well, really, it was just a Matt Riddle ruse because he wants them to all be friends. Orton isn't going to apologize, though, which Kofi dubs a reptile dysfunction. Orton and Kofi, they have an exchange back and forth because you know how they do. They salty. So Kofi is like, hey, bro, you got all this, all this vigor and venom. Well, let's go have a match. So Orton is like your own. Riddle tries to calm Orton down, but Orton does his shh to him, and Riddle zips it up and throws away the key. Yep. Um, Kofi and Randy Orton is basically like an on-site deal, with Xavier Woods being the like Don King hype man in the middle. Huh, Randall? Huh? 
Huh, Randall? You gonna wrestle him or what, Randall? You gonna do it? Uh, it's time for Alexis Playground. It's now a talk show. The guests are the new women's tag team champions, Tamina and Natalia. Uh, Tamina and uh, Natalia talking about how special it was to win the titles. Uh, Tamina wants to leave because she's not feeling none of this. None of the sitch. The whole time she's standing up with this look on her face like, I don't know about this. Um, but Alexa Bliss says that she hasn't even started asking them the tough questions. Uh, she asked them one question. What is their favorite color? Natty says, of course, it's pink for her. And Tamina says black and blue, which would look good on Alexa Bliss <laughs> if she tries anything out of the way. She was not playing no games with um, 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 Alexa Bliss. <laughs> uh, Tamina says they have a rematch with Nia Jackson and Shayna Baszler tonight. Um and but then Alexa Bliss goes on a like a tangent of about Lily collecting the wings of dead insects, and while she's doing this tangent, the champions leave. I wish I could have left. <laughs> you know what? There's only two bad segments on this show, and this was one of them. But it, was actually, <laughs> but it was actually pretty funny, though, because Tamina made the segment from the very first moment she showed up on camera with that look on her face like, yeah, her I'll, face. I'll do this spooky shit. Her face and the black and blue comment were <laughs> the only things worth it in this segment. But, yeah. Angel Garza versus Drew Gulak is our next, next matchup. Garza takes off his pants right at the beginning of the match, but gets pulled into a quick abdominal stretch. That's broken up. Garza then hits a reverse slingshot suplex, but Gulak kind of landed on his feet. That earns Gulak a basement drop kick. Um, then a delayed butterfly backbreaker sets up the wing clipper. And Angel Garza has defeated Drew Gulak once again. And this time, instead of sticking the rose up his ass, Gulak is a, I mean, Garza is a man of his word and sticks it and puts it in Gulak's mouth. So he told him next time, if there is a next time, I'll stick it down your throat. So there we go. Yeah, this is weird. Um, I don't watch 205 Live or main event. So this is my first time in a while seeing uh, Drew get an entrance. What terrible music he has now. Mm-hmm. Like, Damn, that is so bad. Like, d- does Vince listen to the music that these fools he hired actually cranks out? It's terrible. 100% back the shit that Jim Johnston is talking on the road. Um, But yeah, this, this whole Garza Gulag thing is weird. Um... I don't know where they're going with this. Like, am I supposed to care about is Garza the face? Is I, I don't get it. Um, Don, I don't know what the second bad segment was for you, but yeah, this was this was right up there for me. Our truth, yeah, remember him? He's trying to hide because he says he has an open challenge tonight. Uh, that's when Kevin Patrick tells him, oh, no, that's actually Bobby Lashley. And Archie's just like, oh, Ricky Bobby got an open challenge tonight. Well, he's a lot happier that it, that it isn't him. That's when Akira Tozawa, remember him, runs in to roll up R-Truth for the title. R-Truth yells out, the turntables have turned. Uh, this is my number two right here. 
Oh, all right. Y'all know how I feel. I, I just want this 24-7 title shit to end. What did they say? They Did they say on... Was this like the 50th time that he's lost that title? Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah. This shit jumped a shark year, a year ago. <laughs> Maybe even more. This... Even Marie. Yes, that Eva Marie. She's uh, doing a photo shoot. She says she is a supermodel who wants to be a super role model. And the evolution is coming. She is woman here, her world. I mean, it's, at least she still look good. She look damn good. But, you know, the heat that these segments uh, generate is, is what I'm Oh, for. look. When they get her back in front of a crowd, that chick might get Vicky Guerrero go away heat. <laughs> so I'm still interested to see what they're actually going to do with her. Like, please don't put her in the ring. But yeah, she she she's going to get some heat off this. Um, so I'm interested. I'll give it a chance. But hey, baby girl, you still look good. Kofi Kingston versus Randy Orton. Kingston hit the middle of the ropes. Vader bomb for a two count. Orton fights back with some choking on the ropes, and we get the chin lock from Randy Orton. Kofi fights up with the chop, but walks into a power slam to put him down again. Woods is right there with the trombone solo to distract Randy Orton, though, and Kofi grabs the roll up for the pin. So Kofi Kingston has defeated Randy Orton. Yay! After the, the roll-up of death, the stare down is on with Riddle shoving Woods down. There it is. Ready for that to blow? This was this was strong, even though it was kind of short. Short, yeah. It's still a strong that was match. They 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 you know went. They have a special type of chemistry uh, with each other, born off a of dislike. <laughs> so, do you, do you low key just wish Randy would call him stupid every time they interact? No, I don't because that was one of the most <laughs> cringeworthy moments ever. And then they tried to rehash it in 2019. Yeah, like, the, the, yeah, that rehashing was kind of bad. Point, point take. And Kofi just Kofi just casually brings it up. Let's bring it back. Let's bring it back. 2009, running back 2019. Mm-hmm. I'm going to bring up the mold, the mold confrontations. Um, there was a whole lot of fine in this camera shot because it was Naomi, Lana, Daddy DeVille, Mandy Rose, Dana Brooke, and uh, Adam Pierce, too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, they're all vying for the title shot because, okay, we got new champions and we need new opportunities and new opponents. But Nia Jackson and Shayna are getting that automatic rematch and they got they got issues with that. So they're trying to take up take those issues up with uh, Sonya Deville and Adam Pierce in the back. That's where we get this little segment. Uh, Charlotte comes in and says that she needs to talk to Sonya Deville alone so everyone else leaves. Uh, she says she want her she wants her title match, but she is told that she has to beat Asuka tonight. 
So Rhea Ripley comes in to say that she would love some new competition and her and uh, Charlotte have a stare down. Sonya Deville didn't necessarily tell her no. She just made her go through one more step than she normally would if she just would have said yes. But yes, I still contend that these authority figures just grant everybody their wish. Yep. Women's tag team title match, Tamina and Natalia defending against Shayna, Baszler, and Nia Jax. Nia Jax runs Natty over to start the match, and Shayna begins to work on the arm. The hot tag brings in Tamina to clean house. Shayna Baszler grabs the care food clutch, but here are Alexa Bliss and Lily for the evil laugh. Then fire shoots out of one of the ring posts. Um, Reggie was about three feet away, so I guess the concussion blast is what threw him back. Uh, the distraction sets up the heart attack from Tamina and Natty to finish off Shayna Baszler and retain the women's tag team titles. A little quicker than I thought it would be. Um, Cause they didn't get a lot of time. It's all about that fire and Lily and Alexa bliss on Shayna. Yeah. So I figured it was all about the angle more than the match. Right. right. So definitely interested to see, um, where they're gonna go with this Alexa thing, integrating her into storylines with other women? Yeah, they're kind of hamstrung right now with Bray um, taking this break uh, for his, you know, mental well-being and his mental health. Where I'm pretty sure they had a whole bunch of they had a whole different direction planned, but you know, at WrestleMania they had to go a different way. So uh, I guess they're just kind of doing the best that they can piecing together something for her um, that they probably weren't ready to do yet. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So That brings us to Sheamus versus Ricochet rematch from the kickoff show of WrestleMania Backlash. Springboard 450 gives Ricochet a two count, but Sheamus needs him out of the air for his own two count. A few seconds later, the road kick finishes off Ricochet. Um, they might have flubbed that because the knee looked really good for it only to be a two count. Um, but after the match, Sheamus says his other shoulder feels empty, so he might be coming for Bobby Lashley's title tonight, and he'll be the one to answer the open challenge. Surprisingly physical match between Ricochet and Sheamus. I enjoyed it. Dude, if you're in the ring with Sheamus, it's going to be physical. I don't yeah, care. Yeah, but how I. I just can't remember the last time I saw. I mean, you know, <laughs> I guess I could say I just wasn't expecting that from a Ricochet match. But Mr. Hey. Main Event Ricochet back on the main main program. I'm for it. I'm for it. If the jeans in the in the sweatshirt um, <laughs> gets him this spot, I'm for it. Motel underscore Reese, um, the greatest. Feud to ever take place on the history of main event only got one of their guys on Raw. So, uh, how do you feel about this new reincarnation of Ricochet with the the jeans and the little harder edge? Because you've been touting this damn rivalry on main event for the last month. You hear me, Mo? Uh-oh. I was reading something else. What'd you oh, say? Okay. Oh, I just wanted your thoughts on Ricochet and, and his ascent from, you know, the 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 main event, 
the best guy on main event in that feud, which they, surprisingly they didn't bring it the whole thing over back to Monday Night Raw. They just brought one of the guys. So your thoughts so, on just that whole thing? Oh, oh, so um, Ricochet and Ali—they want people to start watching main event more. So that's that. <laughs> Oh boy, that makes me laugh. I'm telling you, Dawn, they want. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, that's why I keep adding you and say, "Listen, they want you to be invested." So tune in and watch. You like? Nope. If it's not on USA Fox or um, TNT, TNT, it's not going to catch my my eyes. Mm. I'm with you, Don. I I only turn on Hulu. For the Handmaid's Tales. That's it. <laughs> AEW got three hours of extra programming that they produce every week. I haven't watched AEW Dark original and forever. Now they Ooh, got this Dark Elevation. You think I won't go? You better put that shit on. Like we talked about before, you better put that shit on Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon on TNT or TBS if you want me to have some interest in that. If you're talking about go to YouTube, uh, nah, you just lost. <laughs> you got that one. <laughs> <laughs> Mason T-Bar, they do their best Ascension impressions saying one of them is coming for Lashley's title tonight. Then that brings us to the match that Shallon Shogun and A was highly invested in. Charlotte versus Asuka. With, if Charlotte wins, she gets a rematch with Rhea. Asuka pulls Charlotte into a knee bar and then a triangle choke with Charlotte reversing into a Boston Crab. That's broken up and Asuka pulls her into the Asuka lock. But Charlotte makes it to the ropes for the break. They head to the outside with Charlotte getting distracted by Rhea Ripley. Back in, Oscar rolls, up, rolls Charlotte up for a two count, allowing Charlotte to go for the figure four, which is then countered into a small package for the one, two, three. And Oscar gets the win over Charlotte Flair. So uh, Oscar is not being fair to Flair. Oh, man. Here we go. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, get your get your tapes decks ready. It comes an epic rant. Oh man, are you telling me Charlotte Flair lost twice, back to back? Yeah, back to back. She so ain't gonna lose again for the next six months. Good lord, man, that that just never happens. Damn, you know what I mean? But that's okay. She'll still get a title shot at Hell in the Cell. <laughs> Year. <laughs> but yo, look, so um my main issue with this match, and it's not even an issue. Did you this match really put on the chemistry that Charlotte and Oscar have? And makes the glaring chemistry, non-chemistry that Rhea and Oscar have even more apparent. That was an assist. And Don hit it with the duck. Like a goose. Perfect. Yeah, because perfect. For some reason, Rhea is gonna hurt Asuka when yeah. they, <laughs> they keep having one on one matches together. Yeah. 
And that just goes back to, you know, and I said it in our, our Twitter space. Like, I really, truly believe that Charlotte was inserted into that match because of the one-on-one issue of Rhea versus Oscar. It just didn't, it didn't work at Mania. It, it, it's just not there. Um, and it's probably from Rhea's end. Um, so this is just a great match, man. Um, and I'm glad they got some time. Um, we'll see where the story goes from here because, you know, if, if Charlotte was, uh, going, was going to get a title shot by winning this match, um, this kind of puts Oscar back in the picture, doesn't it? So, um, do they, are they putting out another triple threat? Um, will, Will there be another Oscar Charlotte match one on one to see who actually gets the title shot? So it's a lot of questions that are coming out of this match, and we'll see where they go next Monday. No more triple threats. Can we lay off of that for? I do. Oh. I totally agree. You know, got all the triple threats in the world um, on WWE side, and then hell, about to turn the page in a couple weeks. Um, and watch AEW um, for them to have some triple threats. Um, so yeah, I'm triple threaded out as well. It's, it's to me, it's just laziness. It's like or yeah. or like you said, you come down and you see that oh my gosh, these two people don't have chemistry. We need to maybe insert a third in there to even things out and make the match go well. You know what I'm saying? I could I can get with that more than I can just oh we got these three people and we don't know what to do with them so let's just all just put them in the match together and call it a triple threat. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Morrison is mostly fine after the zombie attack from Sunday, even though they haven't been able. Even though he says they haven't been to a dentist in months, he says the Miz may never be the same though, and tonight's match is dedicated to him. So, Asmo reported, Miz will be out for at least nine months with a torn ACL. So, good luck to him. Damian Priest versus John Morrison. Lumberjack match, including the return of Nikki Cross. And she's yes. out there at ringside as one of the Lumberjacks. The Lumberjacks get into this huge fight on the floor, including Cedric Alexander diving onto Shelton Benjamin. Damian Priest superplexes Morrison onto the pile. Well... It was more like he super flexed them towards the pile and they all scattered and let Johnny Morrison hit the ground. <laughs> Followed by a super hurricane riding back on the inside. Hit the lights from the priest, uh, from Damian Priest, finishes John Morrison. So Damian Priest is still undefeated. Uh, Post match, Damian Priest says he may accept Bobby Lashley's open challenge. Yeah, I didn't care nothing about this except for seeing Nikki Cross's face. So shout out to her being back on Raw. And Mo, maybe you can answer this question. Is well not yet, excuse me for my poor grammar there. Um, are the Viking Raiders are they on main event too? Cause we haven't seen them in, in in a while. Or do I be deep in my comic book reading when they're on Raw? Um, they've been on there since Wow. They were on there like uh, a month ago or so when Brightman Cedric and wrestling Cedric yeah. right before Cedric and um, Shelton broke up. Yeah, right when they broke up, they wrestled them back to back two weeks in a row, right after the Hurt business broke up. That's yeah. tough, man. That's tough. This big ret- this big return after WrestleMania, and then boom, 
Now they're lumberjacks. What a waste. <laughs> That's the price you pay when you go to the E to collect that 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 short enough money, man, is that you may yeah. get there. And you may only have a three or four month shelf life. And the next thing you know, creative has nothing for you or you, you know, the the man on main event. Right. And nobody is really trying to be the man on main event, no matter what Mustafa Ali tells you. Uh, Eva Marie, another vignette. She says she wants to be a hero people can look up to. Shelton Benjamin doesn't want to talk about Cedric Alexander. So here's Cedric Alexander. Cedric talks about how Shelton is worthless. And before we can say too much more, Shelton dropped Cedric with the right hand. Can't be from Charlotte, North Carolina, getting bitched like that on national TV. (laughs) Cedric Cedric got to step his game up. (laughs) So it's time for the main event and the open challenge. Bobby Lashley is defending his title against Kofi Kingston. Uh, That's when MVP gets on the mic and goes, um, he never said this was going to be a title match. So this is a non-title open challenge. So Kofi hits a DDT for two, setting up for the boom drop. Lashley pops back up for a downward spiral, but Woods then starts to play his trombone. That's enough of a distraction for Kofi to hit a top rope DDT, sending Lashley headfirst into the apron. Back in, the SOS is countered into the spinning dominator. Lashley takes him to the outside and then runs Kofi into the ring post. Woods yells a lot, earning himself an ejection. The distraction, though, lets MVP load up the cane. McIntyre shows up to take the cane away from uh, MVP. He hits Lashley with the cane, and uh, Kingston gets to roll up in the win. Over Randy Orton, and that was your lasting image of a WrestleMania. Uh, excuse me, Monday Night Raw. <laughs> getting all my yeah, it was mixed up. They was, was they was memeing it up too. <laughs> you know what? They finally did it. They gave us a a show that was worth my three hours. Well, and this you case, had to work. In this, this case, in, in, in this case, two hours and six minutes. But um this was this was a really good show. It only had, like I said, two questionable parts to it. And the the matches were really good. We got some good storyline advancements. Um the open challenge kind of being the theme of the night and the different people, you know, selling you know, hey, it's gonna be me. It's gonna be me. It's gonna be me. It's gonna be me. And then we get to the end, and it's actually Kofi. And they had a great match. They didn't just squash Kofi. They let him, you know, come out victorious. So I thought that this and they didn't was, win. Yeah, I thought this was just uh, uh, compared to what we have been watching for the past two months. Oh yeah, this Agreed. was a stellar episode of Monday Night Raw. Congratulations, guys. Mo to the underscore. Get your your final thoughts on Raw. Uh, shout to Dawn, you Dawn for another week. Shout out to Sean for joining us. As always, it's great to um, hear his opinions and we get these jokes off all the time. Uh, shout out to everyone. Um, Semi, um, Sean once again, Kyle Wren, 
um, Queen Mount Mindy, Jupiter Julep, Ooh, Miss V. Um, I think the Jabba podcast sat there for a little bit. Then yeah. They out. yeah. And there was some other kid named Dennis who was a college kid who was a wrestling fan. He popped in as well, too. But you know, shout out to all of you all who um, was in the spaces with us on Sunday. Uh, well, Friday for SmackDown and Sunday for the pay-per-view. Um, had a great time. Um, hopefully we can do it again. Um, and we can talk wrestling and get these jokes off while we're watching these, watching WWE products. Uh, one day, Don will be able to join us and he'll be able to <laughs> the greatness that is Twitter Spaces, but that's neither here nor there. Um, shout out to um, say anybody else in the hashtag with us, Candy D, um, and EC, Roll Up Sunny, um, our Word, um, aka Jerome, Dwayne, Benny. Is it, oh, who was anybody want to push with us, Sean? I'm glad you're here. Can we try to get these shout outs off? I'll be like, wait a minute, I'm getting somebody. Yo, it's Benny, Benny, Nice, Dwayne, you, and me. Okay, all right, all right. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, shout out to everybody. Um, you know, who in the hashtag with us. Great time as always. And I'll see y'all again this week. Sean, any final thoughts on Monday Night Raw before I turn it over to you for your shout-outs and thank yous? Oh, um, yo, I just kind of echo what you already said. Um, overall, solid show. Um, uh, to be honest with you, um, you know, most Monday nights I have Raw on and I'm barely paying attention to it. Um, I'm, I'm catching up on some graphic novel just to keep my interest going to get me through three hours. And this week, I didn't look down at my graphic novel that much. So, hey, that has to say that they pulled me in a little bit. So uh, they, they gripped me, man. They got me in there. So um, a lot of intriguing things coming. Um, I'm, I'm curious about the aftermath of Kofi getting this win. Over mm-hmm. Bobby Lashley, um, I, I like what we're seeing. From I, I just like that dynamic between Randy Orton and Matt Riddle. Um, excuse me, sort of really click now. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, but I'm, I definitely can't wait for um, Randy to kick him in the head because you know it's coming. Uh, <laughs> um, what direction Charlotte, Oscar, and Rhea is gonna go? Definitely, um, just a, a lot of good. Um, spots coming out of raw so um and that's typically the i can only say that about smackdown and nxt so it's good to say that about monday nights um for a chain as far as good my no go ahead go ahead i'll wait no no go ahead i'll wait i'll wait i'll wait i'll wait Okay. Uh, yeah, I was just about to give my shout outs. Uh, shout out to Don. Shout out to Mo. Um, always good to come back, chop it up with the folks. Um, and last shout out, I really enjoyed the Twitter space on Friday. I mean, on Sunday, excuse me. Um, good to chop it up with some sensible folks, have some good fun um, and great conversation and look forward to um, doing it in the future. <laughs> there you go. Jump back in there with what you wanted to say. Oh no! I was saying one thing that really caught my eye was was how 
Elias dominated the match against um, AJ Styles. I mean, yeah, we knew he wasn't gonna get that pin, but he really dominated that match. That was like, dude, I thought that was really interesting. That's because they got AJ and almost playing the baby faces. Yeah. So the baby face has to shine the heel. Yeah, but I thought you know. Well, I mean, I'm thinking you know, if you have two heels going against each other, then it kind of cancels each other out. But I, I, yeah, I did see that the whole kind of baby face kind of antics there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, I don't care at what level of uh, notoriety or fame or recognition they get. Elias and Jackson Riker will never be baby faces. Oh hell no! <laughs> <laughs> so AJ Styles and Amos are gonna have to hold up that end of this little feud or whatever they got going on until you know they move yeah, into something else. Oh, one more thing. One more thing before we get we get to your thing. Um, so. I believe it was Dave Meltzer made by the Brian Alvarez. They said that um, Keith Lee, um, it's a matter of they're just holding him off. He's not injured. They just hold him off the TV for whatever reason. I don't know. Uh, creative has nothing for you. That is the reason. I still get that with that creative doesn't have nothing for you. I mean, I understand that was a um, that was an old CM Punk um Video series from you know years ago, but I, I still get that whole they say say Crab doesn't have nothing for you. Well, Crab should have something for everybody. It should, it should but it doesn't. That's the reason why, you, know, why. you got people that are catering all stars. You know what? Leave Ricochet alone. <laughs> hey, man. It took MVP to get Cedric Alexander from out of the catering business, so you know. So, are you saying that he needs to soak up that game? Oh yeah, oh, always. <laughs> can never you can never have enough game, especially if you know you got a, a somebody like MVP out there. MVP, 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 bringing bringing you win a championship, you you defend a title against two other guys on a pay per view. And MVP comes up with five of the finest ladies that can be found in Tampa. One woman is very thick, and that's for two C's. And you sitting here like, bruh. <laughs> yeah, MV- MVP has uh, parlayed this uh, Royal Rumble producer role into so much more than they probably imagined. And he's done a yeoman's job of being the most consistent thing on Monday Night Raw as far as good, consistently good. MVP has been killing it. So big shout out to him. Big shout out to Mo to the underscore Reese. Big shout out to Sean for joining me here on WrestleCast episode 298, almost at 300. Almost at 300. Yeah, man, we're, we're rolling right along. Uh, shout out. I'm creative for that. Say what now? I was creative coming for that. I haven't looked ahead that far. I'll probably, when we get to 299, I'll probably start looking at it a little bit closer. Uh, the creative that I've got working for this week is uh, Ladies Night Smackdown Matters is uh is coming oh, cool. this weekend so um that's you this know ladies night. yeah it's my favorite yeah. show that i do on this whole network uh, because i don't really have to do anything except for just hit record and hit stop
stop when it's over. Um, but the ladies shall be taking over the SmackDown Matters episode this weekend. So be tuning in to that. Uh, the landlord is locked and loaded. So Miss Didi Jonay will be in the building uh, on this she recording. Your rent. Uh, I think she's just coming to make sure we ain't punch no holes in the walls and you know that the do inspections. <laughs> yeah, and that the and that the pictures are, are in the and the pictures aren't hung up, you know, in the wrong places and stuff. So um, also make sure that um the ladies are um acknowledging Roman as that um <laughs> the table, the tribal chief. Yes, yes. So her, Miss J to the Max and uh Cammy D is uh is the third. So Oh the the oh, will be we get the KMD appearance. Yeah, the ladies. I want to see how y'all finesse that. <laughs> it's called DM, sir. Um, just have to see the the whole goal to doing these shows is you have to reach out to the people like a week before. Can't just pop up on them and be like, "Hey, we're gonna do this in like forty eight hours." People are like, "No," but if you can give them about a week to ten days, most of the time people say yes. So yeah, so we've got those Miss J to the Max, Didi Jonay, and Cami D tentatively slated for the Ladies Night WrestleCast this weekend. If nothing changes, you know, life be life. And so as uh, with all things in wrestling cards, subject to change. But that's what we have on the booking sheet for this week, along with uh, me and Miss Simi over on the NXT cast. And we'll be talking about uh, tonight's episode of NXT, which featured Bronson Reed going after that North American title against Johnny Gargano in a cage match. Uh, we'll also be talking about AEW over on the dark match this week. Uh, our queen Sheeta is actually going to have a wrestling match for the first time on, on television in about six weeks. It seems like so that'll be see good. What I mean? good to see her out there against I mean? against Rebel, not Reva, um, and all the other things that AEW is going to present to us this week. Uh, big shout out to Mr. Anwar Starwin and Terry's boy, Madam Lizette, Jupiter Julep. Miss V, uh, shout out to Mota the underscore Reese in his Twitter spaces. Shout out to Miss Cami D, Anisi. Shout out to Miss Laura Singh and all of the glow and the uh, Wrestle Bays. We definitely appreciate y'all. Shout out to everybody who used the hashtag Backlash Matters this week, Rawcast as well. Uh, definitely appreciate everybody sharing their commentary with color. Please subscribe over and become a patron on patreon.com forward slash CSPN media. I need like all y'all to become a patron so I can do this full time and then I can have time to watch all this other stuff. Mo is it thinking I should just be watching like MLW and main event and NXT UK and you know, all of this other stuff that I just don't have time for, but if you know, enough people become a patron, I can quit my job and just do this full time. And that would be fun. Uh, so, yes, patreon.com forward slash CSPN media. You can support the show by becoming a patron. Also, keep the podcast free by supporting our sponsors over on CSPN.us. Click on the tab that says keep the podcast free. Father's Day is less than a month away. So, go over through Amazon, get something for your dad, and also help out the podcast. Keep it free each and every week here on the network. Um, so for my co-host, Mr. Mota the underscore Reese, and our special guest, Mr. Shallon Shogun MA, I'm your host, Don DeLorente, and this has been episode 298 of the WrestleCast. Please stay tuned for the parting promo. Show up and win. <laughs> Show up and win. That's what I did. 
it's because of uh, moments like right now. Already putting in the work. Special, man. I'm the best generational talent. I'm that. I'm that transcendent landmark. Where the old school meets the new school. You know what I'm saying? There ain't nobody like me in the whole world. In all of entertainment, sports entertainment, professional, ain't nobody like me. And I told you, like the majority of my opponents, I respected that man, Cesaro. I respect that man. I said he's one of the greatest wrestlers and ring wrestlers in the whole world. So what I do, I beat him at his own game. negativity of haters they ain't ever bothered me they're never a problem for me but they are a problem for my opponents Cesaro might have had a chance last night if my own blood wasn't hating on me wasn't doubting me it's all motivation to me and you get it all the time and it motivates you to do the work but when it's within your bloodline Within your family, it hits way harder. And I had to go out there and I had to show them. So Jimmy, Jim, don't text me. Don't call me. Don't FaceTime me. Don't, don't tell your brother to text me. Don't hit me up on the group chat. We're gonna have to talk about this one. But we're gonna do it on my show. Friday night. Have a good week, Goose. I'll see you in a few.